What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Kevin Coleman edition of the Gold Standard Podcast. This is episode number 26. You scoff. You don't like my my Kevin Coleman tribute? Uh, I guess this is going to be a short one. Oh. Going to go, what, one, two yards, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding work by you. I'd like to disagree, but I just can't. We want to remind you, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We really do appreciate it. They really do help. So if you like the show, you like what you hear, subscribe. You'll get this show. you get all our great shows. So please do that for us. A couple of different things we want to get into today. There's more quarterback rumors because basically a day can't go by without more 49ers quarterback rumors. So we're going to get into that. There's a cool little partnership that we have with the 49ers that we're going to tell you about. And also, I think, Levin, the possibility that the 49ers could be getting more draft picks, maybe we'll have to see how this plays out if the league wants to actually step up and do something about it. You're making a face. We just talked about this. You don't know what I'm talking about? I do now. It took me. I thought you were maybe going with like a trade down thing or something that I hadn't heard about. No, no. A couple of things have happened. Well, mainly one thing has happened with Richard Sherman and the Las Vegas Raiders that I think is blatant tampering. So we will get to that as well. But let's start with the quarterback rumors. Kirk Cousins' name has been swirling around as as potentially, you know, an option for the 49ers. Adam Schefter has kind of shot that rumor down. And I know that like 49ers Twitter has been an interesting place this past week with all the Matthew Stafford stuff going around. There's been a lot of people who are trying to get a little clout, I think, tweeting different things. But this was Adam Schefter, and this was on the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast. And he said he hasn't heard anything with Cousins. He doesn't know where it's coming from. He said, I have not heard anything about Kirk Cousins being available. There are no absolutes. Anything is possible, but I have not heard anything about Cousins. We'll see if that changes. Your reaction to that news? Uh, It's really kind of a twofold reaction. One, okay, it seems like Kirk is not on the move. Minnesota is not willing, which... To be honest, it it never really did make a whole lot of sense for Minnesota because they think that they can be a playoff contender. And if you move on from Kirk and you don't get an obvious answer back to your quarterback problem, like doesn't really make sense. It doesn't make sense for them to want to go from Kirk to Jimmy, for instance, like including Jimmy. That, that doesn't make sense. If they truly think they can contend, then they're not moving Kirk. So I can understand that, but... The other reaction I at least have in the back of my mind that comes with that is, yes, it's Schefter, but this regime does not leak anything. So it could be that Minnesota is being tight-lipped about it, too, because they don't want blowback if it comes out they actually were shopping Kirk and talking to the Niners, and it doesn't end up happening, and then you have Kirk sitting there going, you know, screw you guys. So I could see this being a situation where both teams are trying to keep it quiet, but I think it's more likely than not that it just does not make sense for Minnesota and they're not going to engage in trade talk. I don't understand with Cousins how like people seem to just generally have a problem with him. Even like people are saying, oh, he makes teammates mad. And it's like, yeah, he misses throws and stuff. But every quarterback does that. He doesn't see he seems to me I've called him the human sweater vest. Like he there's he's just a guy like what does he do that gets people so mad? He's got to have some kind of abrasive personality to, in to some degree. You know, I don't know how much of that is overblown media stuff. How much is that that he just can't relate to 
certain players? I, I don't know. You know, like Justin Jefferson showed him up on the field when he didn't get the pass, you know, towards the end of the season. And yep. look at the season Justin Jefferson had. Arguably the best rookie season ever for wide receiving, yet he's showing him up on the field. I don't think that happens if he truly respects Kirk. So I don't know what the disconnect is. You know, I don't know him personally. You will get to know him later this week, but I I would guess that he's just somebody that probably doesn't have a filter from the little bit that you've seen of Kirk. I'm guessing he's somebody that's going to call it like it is all the time, and that rubs certain people the wrong way. Yeah, I am going to get to talk to Kirk Cousins actually later today. It's going to come out on Thursday, so I'll talk to him later in the day today. Um, but, you know, I heard a story with Chris Carter told this story, and I think it was with Warren Moon. And it was uh, Carter, and I can't remember if it was him or if it was another wide receiver, but there was a wide receiver that was complaining to Warren Moon. Hey, you didn't throw me the ball enough. Hey, I was open, this, that, and the other thing. And Warren Moon looked at him and said, if you ever do that to me again, I will bury you in this offense and you won't get a single pass. And that's what I would say if I was Kirk Cousins to Justin Jefferson. Hey, dude, I just made you like the best rookie in Vikings history. Shut your mouth. You'll get the ball when you get the ball. And if I miss a throw, you get back in the huddle. Like you got to shut that down. Yeah. And maybe he hasn't. Maybe he doesn't have that type of personality. You know, it could be a complete opposite of what I just said, that he's he doesn't confront anybody and he doesn't command. You know, if you're somebody that's always kind of quiet, doesn't really take control as a quarterback, that means you, you're not going to get a whole lot of respect. I mean, even somebody like Jimmy is pretty quiet, but he's a quiet leader. Like he still leads in a lot of ways. Maybe Kirk is just like a true loner in a way. It, it, it's really anybody's guess other than the people who have actually been in the locker room, but nobody actually talks about that. So it's hard to know what the truth is with Kirk, but it certainly seems like there is something there that makes him not mesh with a team. Maybe I'll ask him, hey, Kirk, why didn't anybody like you? First question, what do you think? <laughs> uh, you can try that. Might be a very <laughs> awkward interview. <laughs> Could be the, the Tevin Coleman of interviews. Who knows? Yeah. Just make sure you call him Kirk. <laughs> yes, and not Kurt, as uh, some people have done in the past. Um Another sort of mild-mannered quarterback that has entered the chat for the 49ers is Derek Carr of the Raiders. And this comes from a report from Vincent Bonsignore of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He said that, quote, several NFL insiders expect the Raiders to field calls regarding a potential trade of Derek Carr. And he suggests, first of all, that it could be a three-team trade that would result in the Raiders trading Carr and acquiring Deshaun Watson from the Texans. I guess the Texans don't want. Derek Carr, and he puts the price tag at Carr as two first-round picks, which I think is asinine. That's way too much. But just take the report. Take another part of the report. Derek Carr, 49ers. You like it, you don't like it. It's not enough of an upgrade. I think he's very slightly better than Jimmy. Certainly, he is healthier despite his one big injury in his career. But in terms of actual quality of play, I think he's... Like I said, just barely slightly better than Jimmy. I think he falls in that gap between, like, say, Jimmy and Kirk Cousins. And then Kirk Cousins is clearly better than Jimmy. Not to say he's a phenomenal quarterback, but he's clearly better. Carr, there's at least logical arguments to be made that maybe he's not better than Jimmy, even though I would say he slightly is. Like, that to me is just laughable. I, I don't know where that came from because, like, I don't even think the Raiders would want to push that out. 
Like, where is that rumor coming from? Is that somebody just creating it to create one? It's just weird to me. And like two first round picks. I don't even think he can get one first round pick. Like, it's just so weird. It's just an odd rumor because it is so off in multiple ways. Yeah, you mentioned his health. He's only missed two games in regular season games in his entire seven-year career. So that is something that the 49ers have not enjoyed. And for what it's worth, Levin, Mike Florio sort of agrees with you. Basically, he wrote that it feels like an effort to kickstart a potential trade market for Derek Carr and to introduce the concept of the Raiders being a potential suitor for Deshaun Watson. Carr has a stronger arm than Garoppolo, for sure. He's healthier than Garoppolo, for sure. I don't love the fact that he's not always the most aggressive dude. Like, he's the guy that literally spiked the ball on fourth down one time because it was like a screen pass that didn't set up right, and he just spiked it. Like, that that drives me a little nuts. Do I think it would be an upgrade? Yes, but I'm sure as hell not giving up a first-round pick for him. Uh, And I don't know if the Raiders would be willing to deal him for less than that. So I don't think it's going to happen. It's an interesting possibility. And I know that John Gruden like, has never met a quarterback that he wants to actually keep. But I don't see this one developing for the Niners. Yeah, I mean, it's odd to me because even if it's trying to kickstart a trade market for him, like Gruden is not somebody that tries to hide his true feelings. You know, if he doesn't want Carr, he'll say, Hey, we're going to explore options this offseason. Like he would have already said that, but he hasn't. Like to me, I don't think Gruden loves Carr, but I think he realizes that he's not going to find better easily. So it just doesn't make sense to me. This, this rumor, like, I don't know where it comes from because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense with the team either. I 100% agree with you. And speaking of John Gruden, not hiding his true feelings, There is something that could get a little dicey for the league and for the Raiders that just happened. John Gruden was on the Chris Collinsworth podcast with Richard Sherman. They were talking to each other. They were on. Chris Collinsworth says, I know there's tampering rules out there, and I don't want to bring up anything that might create a problem for you because I know you've been fined in the past over the years. Gruden says, yes, I have. I've been fined. I've been punished very, very harshly. Now, this is where it gets dicey for the Raiders. Quote, Richard Sherman, if you are a free agent, which there is a rumor you are, we are looking for an alpha presence in our secondary. Somebody that could play this Hawk three press technique with the read step. If you're available and interested, maybe you and I can get together at some point off the air. Sherman replies, there's a conversation to be had for sure. I am free and available these days. There's just one problem, Levin. Richard Sherman is not a free agent. In fact, he's not a free agent until March 17th at 4.01 p.m. Eastern time. Until then, he is under contract with the San Francisco 49ers. And as one general manager texted to Mike Florio, quote, this is blatant tampering. It's 100% tampering. The 49ers should be getting compensated. A draft pick back for the Raiders, should they not? Yeah, I feel like Mike Mack probably called Gruden and said, stop doing interviews before free agency. Like, just don't do interviews during this dead period because you're too stupid to keep your mouth shut. Like, Gruden thinks he's still in the media and he he just can't help himself. Like, he literally said, yeah, I have been fined and I have been punished harshly. Oh, but hey, I'm going to do this incredibly blatant tampering right on the air. And it's not just, hey, we would like to have you. It's, hey, I heard you're going to be available. We need all this come to us like it's not just a hey if you do become available we might be interested it 
I mean, it, it's literally him giving a recruiting pitch on air for everybody to hear. Like, what is wrong with you? John Gruden should clearly know better. And by the way, here is the example of a prohibited comment from the anti-tampering policy. Quote, he's an excellent player and we'd very much like to have him if he were available, but another club holds his rights. Even if you say that, that's a violation of the tampering rule. John Gruden went way beyond that. He literally said, we should talk off the air. We need you, basically. Like, this is blatant, 100% tampering. The league sometimes does stuff about it. Sometimes they don't. Personally, I think sometimes they they make the right choice by not finding people when they could because there are times when guys say, yeah, he's a very good player. Like, they're not trying to recruit them. They're just making an observation about a player, and they don't find them, and I think they're right to do that. This was not that. This is literally Gruden recruiting Richard Sherman on a podcast. They broke the rule. That's it. Like, the Niners should be getting something back. The question is how high, not whether they should get something, you know? I just had an interesting thought that would be absolutely hilarious and probably be the all-time one-up between the Raiders and 49ers rivalry if they get a draft pick and that draft pick is like the cherry on top that gets the Niners Watson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like if that's in trade, if that draft pick is included in the Watson deal, that would be absolutely hilarious. Even if it's like a fifth round pick and doesn't actually amount to a whole lot, if it's included on the deal, that's going to be a talking point. Right, like John Lynch and the Texans have hammered out an agreement and Casario is like, you know, I just I need you to put just a little cherry on top, just a little something, and all of a sudden John Lynch gets a text on his phone. You're going to receive a fifth-round pick for the Raiders for tampering. And then he just chucks it in there and they do it. That would be just like all-time good. But that's a bonehead play by John Gruden. Like, there is no chance in hell Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch would ever make that mistake. No chance... And Gruden's been around the NFL for decades, and he, he he's talking like he's this is his first day on the job. Yeah, it's the Gruden ego. That's always been his issue as a coach. He has an ego that makes him think that he can get away with anything. He is this kind of petulant child when it comes to that, where he thinks he can do whatever he wants, say whatever he wants, and then when he actually gets punished for it, he's all mad. Well, what do you mean? Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, he can't face the facts that, yes, you are. If you just shut your mouth, like that's almost always what he gets in trouble for. He runs his mouth like he's still on ESPN. But this is the amazing part. Directly before he commits a tampering violation, he says, I've been fined and punished very harshly for committing tampering violations. So like, that's incredible to me that those two things literally in the same sentence, he, he I, it's unbelievable to me that that happened. Does, does Collinsworth do his podcast live? Like, is it a podcast, but it's also broadcast live? I don't know. Because if not, you got to think that Gruden afterwards was like, Chris, edit that out. <laughs> I got to think it's live because, yeah, otherwise, if it's still if it's not live and they left that in there, uh, that's a problem. Let me just say, like, I have been a producer for a long time. There have been a couple of times when after the fact, Somebody would come back and say, hey, you know, we really didn't like how that came out or that's not really what we meant. Can you take that out? Like it does happen and it happens, you know, not in a situation necessarily like this, but it has happened to me before. I don't know, though, like if you're. If you're the producer of that podcast, 
that's a juicy nugget. Like that's a newsy thing from your podcast. That's going to get your show pub. Do you really want to take it out? Nobody forced John Gruden to say it. I mean, there's, there's an ethical part of it too. You literally witnessed blatant tampering within the league. And if you don't publish that, then you are aiding and abetting in it. I mean, it's not really criminal, but you know, you're, you are aiding and abetting one team breaking the rules. Like that could get major pushback from the league. Hey, you witnessed this tampering and didn't do a damn thing. It was on your show and you didn't give us a heads up. Like if you want media credentials and all that, you have to, you know, let us know when there is blatant tampering. Like there's an aspect to that. I don't think the league would ever actually do that because they would, love for these things to never get out in the public because if you think this is the only tampering going on right now you're extremely naive i guarantee nfl teams are talking to players that they know are going to be free agents like richard sherman like richard sherman and the team have all but said to the media i mean sherman has actually said it like (laughs) i'm not coming back but the team has even said you know like we're gonna look at other options or i can't remember exactly how they phrased it like two months ago when they said it but the, my favorite part in all that is I, I think it was Sherman that said, hey, yeah, we can talk off the air. Or was that Gruden that said that? No, right before Gruden Sherman that said it. Yeah. We can talk off the air. It's like, oh, so what did you say off the air now? Right. Then that's true. You've just done it twice. <laughs> you violated it twice. You did it on the air and then said, hey, we're also going to do this same thing again a little later. That is a good point by you. And you're right, too. Like, whether they cut it out of the podcast or not, Richard Sherman heard those comments. So the the harm, essentially, that's that comes from tampering has already been done, whether or not the comments air. So, yeah, that that's an interesting thing to this whole story, too. I, I think that he's got to do something. You're right. And the fact that he violated it twice, they got to do something. Maybe the Niners don't get a pick, but the Raiders got to get fined at least. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Collinsworth, I am worried about my livelihood if I hear that and I squash it. You know, I don't put it in the podcast or whatever, because he is Sunday night football. He is a very, very prominent with the league. And that could come out and be like a black eye that, oh, they discussed this, but Collinsworth willingly hid it from everybody. Well, you know, that that could be a black eye. Like, how does Collinsworth show up to a Niners game ever again? You know what I mean? How does he have the coaches want to talk to him for production meetings like they do before the game? Like there's an aspect to if you're in Collinsworth shoes, you're kind of stuck where like I kind of have to put this out there. Or if this were to ever get out, I could potentially get taken off Sunday Night Football over it because the NBC would say we're not going to have somebody on our crew that one team literally won't talk to. You know what I mean? That's entirely, I mean, if enough teams got upset about it, sure, I think that's a possibility. Uh, there's one other aspect about this tampering you mentioned, because you said that if you don't think tampering's going on right now, you're crazy. There's one other part of that I want to get to, uh, so we'll do that after the break. All right, coming back in three, two, one. Welcome back to the Gold Standard Podcast. We were talking tampering because uh, John Gruden blatantly violated the tampering rules in an interview with Richard Sherman, basically said, we want you come to our team and we'll talk off the air. And you mentioned in our discussion that tampering is going on right now. And you are a thousand percent right because the combine is coming up now. Granted, this year it's a little different, but I can tell you from experience, from being at the combine for years, tampering is rampant at the combine. There are agents everywhere. The agents are all talking to the GMs from different teams, trying to gauge the market for their players. All the GMs and coaches are hanging out, 
They're all going out to eat. They're all consuming a few adult beverages. And look, people start to talk. That is what happens. I mean, even the 49ers with the Buckner situation, they're talking trade. They're talking everything. All those discussions started at the combine. So that is when a lot of tampering would happen. Now, this year, there is no combine in Indianapolis like there traditionally is because of COVID. And this is something I've actually been texting with with Mike Florio about, like, hey, is none of that stuff going to happen this year? Is there going to be less tampering? And his response to me was pretty much, they'll find another way to do it. <laughs> it probably happened last week at the Senior Bowl, if we're being honest. Like, that's where all the bigwigs were. But, yeah, I mean, there's going to be tampering. Teams are going to call each other. Teams are going to reach out to agents of – players that they're interested in saying hey you know we might be interested and I think it kind of has to happen because you got to think about when free agency starts and when the draft starts the NFL is not like any other league because of the way the contracts are and the the complicated mess that they become you know in in basketball they're fully guaranteed and if you're a really good player it's all teams are going to offer you the max contract. Like It's not a question of how much does he get. It's just where he wants to go. You know, in be- baseball, contracts are fully guaranteed. There's no limit on what a contract can be, but they're fully guaranteed. So they're less complicated. In the NFL, there's no limit to what a contract can be. And they're going to have all kinds of language in there about guarantees, roster bonuses, when those things kick in, when they don't kick in, how to split up the signing bonus so that it works for being able to get out of the contract, all of that. That makes it such a complicated thing. If you wait until free agency, you only got like two, three weeks to truly nail down all of those and get the free agents to make their choices before you really have to get your game plan going because you have the draft in a week. You know, so it kind of has to happen. Oh, and we've seen it. Like free agency always opens at like 4 p.m. and it's like, bam, 401. Oh, the Bucks have agreed to so yeah. five year deal. It's like, wow, you worked all that out in a minute, huh? Like, it's you're right. It's totally clear that that does happen. I mean, there's that story of Rex Ryan and uh, somebody else from the Jets outside of Bart Scott's house, like waiting for the free agent clock to tick away so that they could go and talk to him. Like, you're right. That stuff is happening constantly. It does need to happen, but it doesn't need to happen like this. And like we saw with the John Gruden thing. And what a dumb thing for Gruden, too, because like you said, you know Richard Sherman's not going back there. I'm sure there's a thousand ways that John Gruden can get in touch with Richard Sherman, who doesn't have an agent, to discuss this kind of thing. I'm I'm sure he could do it. Just so to do it like that is just dumb and blatant. And I think if anything else, the NFL has to at least punish it for that. Like, dude, we know this stuff is going on. We know it happens. We know we can't stop all of it. And we know we need some of it to happen. But don't do it. At least try and pretend that you're going to follow the rule. And let me say, why the heck does the league new league start so late? Like, what's the delay for? I don't get it. Like, It always starts in March. I don't know why. I, I know, but why? Like, why is it? It's like almost six weeks after the Super Bowl. I can understand putting a week or two in there, but what is the point of waiting? Like, make free agency at the very least, make it start like, on March 1st every year, at the start of the month, the new league starts. Like, Super Bowl starts the first Sunday, or is played the first Sunday of February. That gives you almost four full weeks, or minimum three weeks, before the end of the month to start your new league year. Like, what is the delay for? 
I think they like to have the Super Bowl, then they like to have a few weeks go by, and then they like to have the Combine, and then they want to have a few weeks go by, and then the new league year start, and then free agency. They're trying to stretch out the calendar so that there are sort of big moments every month. I think that's the thinking, because you're right, they could they could put it whenever they want. That's true. I mean, if they did move it up to like March 1st, you would certainly steal a lot off of the Combine. And when you think about like all your top execs are going to be at the Combine. Yep. And at the same time, they're trying to work out all their free agency. It doesn't, I guess that makes sense. Like you can't really do both of those. Did you just admit I was right? Yeah. Imagine that. Wow. Took 26 episodes. Are we recording this? Like, <laughs> holy hell. <laughs> hey, can we edit this out? We're not live. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Just like uh, John Gruden and Richard Sherman. That will never see the light of day. Let's get into this little kind of partnership that we sort of struck up with the 49ers. They have this cool thing going on right now. It's basically like a virtual escape the room. And it's uh, like a puzzle game that you have to do. The 49ers Lombardi trophies have been stolen and they need your help to try and solve some a bunch of puzzles to get them back. And it's kind of a cool thing. Jerry Rice is involved. He did a lot of recordings. The Niners were nice enough to uh, let us try it out so we could tell you about it. Number one, Levin, how long did it take you? And number two, did you require any hints to solve all the puzzles? Uh, it probably took me about an hour, and I would say just about probably three quarters of it, I needed a hint because some of those things were complicated. Like a lot of them were like, you got to really pay attention. Well, part of it was there's no instructions. So I wasn't fully like understanding what I was supposed to be doing on some of them. And then I was like, I would go get a hint on the first one. I'd be like, oh, okay, that's what I need to do. I need to go look at this photo that they have in a different folder in a different spot. You know what I mean? Part of that was I probably skipped through some of the tutorial. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in addition to that, it was really complicated. There were certain parts of it that were, you have to know the Niners history going way back. Like it's not just the last 20 or 30 years and you need to know details about each one of those players like there's one part where they have all these jerseys and they have like a circle like a clock and they're all retired jersey numbers and they have like a little clue about about it so like one of them was uh going across from directly across from each other in the circle you have to have the quarterback who threw to this receiver so you have to know you know, who threw to the two receivers, who, like, which quarterback threw, because there's one quarterback that threw to a specific receiver and the other one. You know what I mean? He threw to both those receivers. So you have to have the knowledge of who only threw to this receiver, put it that way. And then they say stuff like, you know, all the defensive players have to be together. Well, you have to know all the, like, they don't have the names on the jerseys, it's just the numbers. And some, one of the defensive players has, a number that could be an offensive number as well. So it it gets a little more complicated than that. They get some like specific things in terms of like things only they did, like who, who has the most starts ever for the Niners in their career? Like I actually didn't know the answer. I guessed and I was wrong. Well, they, yeah, they do give you, they give you clues and they give you help as part of the materials that come along with game. But you're right. It's very, very difficult. That was the hardest part for me was that puzzle. Uh, It's a logic puzzle, which, Logic is not always my strong suit, to be fair. 
but uh, it's a pretty fun game. You, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Like, I thought I was going to breeze through it because, you know, just being a lifelong diehard fan. And that was not the case as well. It took me probably close to an hour or two. Um, and you can go check it out for yourself. It's at 49ers.com slash fans slash escape. Now, it, like any escape the room, uh, it does cost money, but we have worked with the team and we have a special offer for you. You can get 20% off if you use the promo code FAITHFUL. F-A-I-T-H-F-U-L. You go to the website, you enter that promo code, you get 20% off. But it's just a cool, fun thing to do, especially on a weekend like you're, you know, looking for something to do, but you can't really go out because of COVID. Get a bunch of fans together and see if you can solve this thing. It was a pretty fun thing, and we appreciate the Niners, you know, letting us uh, offer that to you guys at the uh, discount. I'm just shocked how fast and accurately you were able to spell faithful. I'm proud of you. I did write it down ahead of time. I'm not going to oh, cheater. All capital letters with like big spaces <laughs> between them. Look, whatever gets the job done, as long as it sounds good on the show, what I have to do to make that happen is irrelevant. <laughs> uh, I take it back then. You cheated. Did you see, this isn't cheating at all or really related to anything. Did you see that the 49ers are going to have yet another defensive backs coach because Tony Oden is going with Robert Sala to the New York Jets? I saw Tony Oden was leaving. Have they announced who's replacing? I hadn't seen that. Yes, they have announced the hire. It is Corey Undlin is the new secondary coach. He comes over from Detroit after five seasons as Philly's defensive backs coach. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> right. That's the general reaction. Like you see on 49ers Twitter, like, oh, it's a terrible hire. Oh, I can't believe it. It's like, you don't know who this guy is. He could be sitting next to you on the subway. You wouldn't know him. It's one of those things like you can have the best position coach ever for that position. And if the players aren't good, there's not much he's going to be able to do. You know what I mean? Like they certainly help. And I think development is probably a bigger part of it, but it's hard to see how much they're at fault for somebody not developing or are you know getting credit for somebody being developed because really development has a lot to do with the individual player how dedicated are they especially now when there's no OTAs and basically no anything for what it looks like it's going to be two straight years by the way did you see this is epic did you see Gronk at media day for this week explaining how he tricked the buccaneers coaches into thinking he was working out Oh, no, I didn't see that part of it. I saw the 87 plus 12 equals 99 problems, which I thought was kind of clever. I didn't see that. So basically, the Bucks had a requirement that you had to film yourself working out and show a couple reps and send it in every day to prove to them that you were working out. Well, Gronk, genius that he is, has figured out he just filmed one workout, a, a long workout with multiple shirts on. So every few reps, he would change his shirt. And then he didn't have to work out the other days because he could just send the Bucks the, the different shot with a different shirt on. And he said they never figured it out. So half the time he wasn't really working out. Gee, I wonder why it took him so long to get going this season. <laughs> and you know what? If he comes back again, he'll probably do the same thing next year. How are they going to know? And what are they going to do about it? Nothing. They can't do anything about it. Like, even if he wasn't working out, there's nothing they can do about it. Their only recourse is to say, okay, you're a free agent again. Like They could find him, right? I don't think they can. You can't find somebody for not working out. It's their offseason. OTAs, they're voluntary, aren't they? Yeah, they're voluntary. Yeah, so I guess you can't really find him. But but just the fact that he went through the effort and figured out a way to game the system, like, I don't think we give Rob Gronkowski enough credit. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good, but it's also what makes 
Gronkowski Gronkowski he he's borders on too much childishness you know what I mean like it's what he's loved for but it's also like okay like what if all those injuries was because he wasn't taking care of his body well yes he looks like he's in shape but there's it's a lot more being in shape true football shape has more to do with just having like a six-pack you know what I mean like that's always been to me he's always reminded me of Dwight Howard in the NBA like he wants to have fun all the time. Now that Dwight Howard's kind of disappeared lately. You know, he's not as much of a child, but that was the Dwight Howard critique was that he's so God gifted, but he's too much of a child to get all the uh, full potential out of it. I'm not saying that about Gronk, but he his attitude reminds me of that, that like everything is a joke. Man, you hate fun. All right. That's 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 how we're gonna take that. That's fine. I I don't hate fun. I'm just saying, like, if I was a coach, I would be concerned hearing that about one of my players. Well, good luck to Gronk. If he doesn't win the Super Bowl, clearly we'll know why. Um, okay, that's wrap that's gonna wrap this edition of the Gold Standard Podcast. We appreciate your ratings, your reviews, your subscriptions. Please do that. Uh, as we said, I am going to talk to Kirk Cousins later today, so that'll be a fun thing. I will ask him about Kyle Shanahan and the love he has for him, so we'll put that up on the feed for you. By the way, Levin, I talked to Christian McCaffrey yesterday, and he was coming on for a protein thing, and I said, look, I'm 5'10", 140 pounds. Is this stuff good? Like, Can it help me? And he said he thinks with that type of body, I'd be good in the UFC. So what do you think about that? I would love to see you get your ass kicked. <laughs> I would retire before I ever got to the ring. But I told him, like, dude, that's the first time anyone's ever mentioned me and the UFC in the same sentence. So thanks. That is an odd thing for him to throw out the UFC. Like, I think it would have been funnier if he said, dude, that's the type of body I would love to see lined up across from me. Right. Like, yeah. That, <laughs> I mean, it was on a tee for him and he's a nice guy. He didn't take it. You know, what's weird. I don't know. It must be something about me. I have a friend who's in the Air Force and he was trying to become like get a promotion in the Air Force. And I guess when you do that, they like to do like background checks on you and find out about you. So literally one day my phone rings and he says, hey, this is special agent so and so from the Air Force. We want to talk to you about your friend to find out about him, which scared the hell out of me. Like, why is a special agent calling me? But whatever. So I show up, do the interview with this guy. And the first thing he says to me is, wow, you look like you could be in the military. I was like, dude, that's the greatest compliment anybody has ever given me. I don't know what it is about me, but I people just see things that I don't see. That's for sure. Well, one, you keep your hair cut short pretty that's much true. every time I've ever seen you. Two, uh, pretty sure they say that about everybody because they will take just about anybody in, <laughs> <laughs> in the military. Like that's a recruiting thing to say, hey, you're 400 pounds. <laughs> you could be in the military we could use a man like you <laughs> all right well there goes my smile for the day that's it goodbye everybody oh uh real quick what's your pick for the game uh i, I don't want to pick <laughs> i don't want to have to pick because then that means i'm gonna root for that team and i don't want to root for either one of these teams yeah I, I i mean i think kansas city wins if i'm being honest but i, I don't want either one like Ugh, I'm I'm already annoyed that they both got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it's not my favorite thing. I just can't see Mahomes hoist the trophy again. Like I, I'm numb to Tom Brady winning Super Bowls at this point, so it's, it's fine. Like win another one. That's that's great. I can't see Mahomes do it again. Although I I don't want to see 49ers Twitter react 
oh, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. We could have won one if he came here. Like, uh, that's not going to be fun, but I can't watch Mahomes do it again. I'm sorry. The thing with Brady, if he wins, that's going to be so unbearable to me is everybody's going to say it was him the whole time. Bill Belichick is a fraud. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to become a thing where people are saying Bill Belichick wasn't really that good. It was all Tom Brady the whole time. Oh, yeah, because those first three Super Bowls, Tom Brady won them, putting up mediocre stats. Like, first three Super Bowls was pretty much all Bill Belichick. Like, Bill's defense won those Super Bowls. The run game won those Super Bowls. People forget that the Patriots used to be that. They used to be a defensive team that then ran the ball. You know, Corey Dillon, I think, had, what, a 13-touchdown season with them? Like, People forget that. Yes, Brady has probably been the bigger part of it in the last couple at least, but I just hate that. He went to a stacked team. Like he's got two of probably the top 10 receivers in the league, plus Gronk, plus the run game got going, plus he has Bruce Arians, who's one of the best offensive minds in the league, and they have a good defense. Like Brady wasn't stupid when he chose to go to Tampa. Yeah, I think it's totally unfair to say that this somehow settles the Brady-Belichick argument. Let's see Belichick, if he gets to pick the team he gets to coach this year, you know, where he can pick his quarterback and pick all that stuff, I think his record would be a little bit different. The Patriots have had a ton of opt-outs. Like, it doesn't settle the argument for me. And I don't think it's fair to say that it's one guy over the other. The reason they were that successful is because they were the perfect complement to one another. And let's just leave it at that. Like, we don't have to pick one or the other. So, as you said earlier to me, you are 100% right, Levin. I am acknowledging your correctness. Well, see, that happens almost every episode. Okay. Hey, look at that. We're at the end of the show. Rate, review, subscribe. Goodbye. Goodbye.